You're listening to a podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. I'm Jose Rodriguez. I'm Alexi Castro. And I'm Emeline Ramos. We had a show this past weekend in Orlando, Florida, I'm No Romeo, which is all about relationships. But but this show was nice because it deals with not only my relationship now, but how I got here, including some of my past relationships. And we were very fortunate to have some special guests with us this weekend. On Friday, we had Tito Nieves, his wife, and uh, two friends join us. And we also had Banchi Serrano, who is the uh, leader of Grupo Mania. Uh, I was expecting him at the show, but I certainly wasn't expecting to see him in the parking lot, which is where I first ran into him. So we're getting ready. You know, we're getting all our stuff out of the car. We're getting ready to go into the theater. And this car pulls up. And all I hear was, Eli. And I turn around, and it was Banchi Serrano. Now, this is a guy that I've been following for 25 years. I've been a fan of Grupo Mania for that long. And he was right there. So did you audition for him? In the parking lot? You said he called Ellie. You turned around. Huge fan. So you okay. were like, I got right. your moves. Watch. Right. Are you kidding, Jose? He was just trying to stay so composed because he wanted to like break out of his like body. Like He was so excited, but he just needed to relax and try to play it cool because Banshee had spoken to him. Claro, you know how it is. You know, I was like, hey, que tu vas a What's up, man? Okay. Yeah, you, okay, I'll see you in there. You know, okay, cool. He's like, no, mira, listen, my, my son got me tickets. He said, this is a show I have to see, so I'm looking forward to it. And I was like, yeah, of course. No, yeah, no, listen, it's, it's my honor. I'm so honored that, that you're here, you know, playing it really cool. Meanwhile, inside, you were thinking, oh, my God, Banchi Serrano just talked to me. Group okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I was, listen. I forgot what show I was going to do. I was thinking, maybe we could just do the Grupo Mania tribute that I do in Made in Puerto Rico. <laughs> maybe I can just kind of do it. They won't care. You know what I mean? But that's when it hit me because his son had reached out to me a few days before. And he had told me, listen, I'm bringing my dad. But, you know, part of you is like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm, Jaren, mm-hmm. But that's when it hit me. I'm like, yo, Banchi Serrano is at my show. And then 10 minutes later, Tito Nieves walks in. And I'm like, oh, man, is this happening? You got to understand, these are two people that I go and pay a lot of money to go see. Right. And now they're sitting in the front row waiting for me. Right. Giving you their undivided attention. Yeah, man. When I came out on stage and I saw them in the front row, I was like, do not make eye contact (laughs) because that's intimidating, isn't it? I mean, you have two giants of the music industry in Puerto Rico and, and internationally. And I'm performing for them? Like You must have felt like you were coming out to America's Got Talent. And those were the judges sitting in the front row. I'm right looking there. above me for the exes. Right. So, <laughs> Please don't ask me. Please don't ask me. So when they got there, did you take pictures with them before the show? Or what did you do? Yeah, so what I did was before we opened doors, I let them in first. Right? So they can get their seats up front. And I got my pictures quick. Because I knew after the show, everybody was going to line up and get pictures. So I got my pictures with them I, on stage. I posted them. I was so happy. But okay, after I got the picture, right? And I'm sitting there waiting to, to start the show. I told Emily and I'm like, I'm done. You know, like, that, <laughs> that, I just checked that item off my bucket list. I'm, can, can we go home and celebrate? Oh, that's right. We still have a show to do. Okay, so tell them about the Q&A. Okay, so you know that after a lot of shows, I like to hold... A Q&A where the audience, you know, asks me questions and stuff like that. And I figured this is a good show for that because the show is so personal that I knew they were going to have questions. So we have all these hands go up and Tito raises his hand, right? So I'm ignoring him. 
crowd's getting a kick out of it, you know, that I'm ignoring. You know, Tito's a big dude, you know, so, like, he raised his hand, and he, like, covers, like, three rows. So I'm, like, ignoring him, and then I finally go to him, and he goes, when are you going to marry this lovely woman? Peter <laughs> goes nuts, right? So I wait for the laughter to go down, and I go, next question. And they go nuts, right? And I just ignore them. Yeah, but now everyone's dying to know, when are you going to marry Emmeline? Right, so I understand that. So I just ignore it, right? Because we get that question a lot. But this is Tito asking, you know what I mean? Like, normally if we're on Facebook Live and somebody asks, you know, we ignore it and, and we just move on. But this is Tito Nieves in the front row asking that question so now tell them what tito said why he wants to know yeah yeah he goes if you marry her i will sing at your wedding now the audience is going nuts wow so tito said he's gonna sing at your wedding when this happens if by the way but yes that's what that's what tito said (laughs) so he said he'd sing at your wedding but did he ever specify if he'd sing for free or that's a great question he's already told us that Right. He's already told me, if you guys get married, I will sing at your wedding. That will be my gift to you. He's mentioned it before to us, like in kind of passing, you know, not really like should we take it serious. But on Friday, he said it in front of over 100 people that were witness to this. And I have it on video. No, a lot of people have it on video, right? Yeah. So check this out. So I'm ignoring it, right? I'm like, okay, funny, funny, haha, right? Now Banchi Serrano raises his hand. Now I'm not going to ignore Banchi Serrano, okay? That's my man right there, okay? That's Grupo Mania. Grupo, okay, right? <laughs> so I go, yes. And he goes, sí, 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 sí. Cuando te cases con ella, yo también canto en tu boda. Now he just volunteered Grupo Mania to play at the wedding. You understand what I'm saying? Now I've got Tito Nieves and Grupo Mania at the wedding reception. So this is going to be a very awesome wedding. I mean, two of your heroes are going to be at your wedding doing what they do best. I mean, they shook hands on it. Tito Nieves and Banchis shook hands and agreed to do this on stage. All right, so now we can charge a cover charge for your wedding. No, that's the best part. <laughs> the guy behind him, sitting behind Banchi Serrano, raises his hand, right? So I'm like, yes, please, let's move on, right? I'm, I'm trying to, you know, change the conversation. He goes, you know, having heard that Tito Nieves and Grupo Mania will be performing at your wedding, um, are we invited to your wedding? <laughs> right? Banchi Serrano stands up. Faces the crowd and goes, you're all coming to the wedding. Place goes wild. Exactly. But how much are tickets? You know what? I mean, I don't understand how now you're even thinking about charging admission. Can we slow down, please? Really, it's the thought that counts, right? It was a beautiful thought. Thank you so much for that. But can you cut down on the pressure, please? Because the pressure was immense that night. No pressure. It's a party with Banchi and Tito is what I'm looking at. You're right. So can we skip the ceremony and just have the party, though? <laughs> you know, there's going to be a point if you're not married to Emmeline, the crowd, that's all the crowd will be asking. Hey, when's the wedding? When's the wedding? When's the wedding? That's a nice thought. They don't really care about us or our love. They just want the party. <laughs> they just so listen seriously why are you taking so long we want a party with Tito Nieves and Grupo Mania listen we don't have to get married anytime soon like you said it's the thought that counts and the mere fact that they said that I mean that's enough for me for now <laughs> <laughs> notice how she said for now okay while she was saying that she was just imagining the great party that she's gonna be at <laughs> she was like oh it's gonna I mean it's the thought that it, counts it's the thought but oh my god what a thought 
the next day on Saturday, uh, Alexi had an audition, a very important audition. You want to tell everybody about that? Okay. So a few weeks ago, my band teacher came up to me and was like, oh, we're doing this solo ensemble festival. I think you should really do it. And I turned it down because I'm like, I just, I had no interest of doing it. And then she was like, oh, why not? Why aren't you going to do it? And I'm like, oh, I don't like playing high notes. She's like, oh, I have a music sheet that plays on low notes. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, wow, she was prepared. Yeah, she already knew your weakness. She was like, <laughs> I got you. I know I know you don't like to play high notes because you can't play high notes. So I've got nothing but low notes. And then um, I kind of neglected it for a few weeks. But then mom pushed me every day to do it. No, mom basically signed you up. Yes, yes, she did. Mom basically volunteered you. Yeah. And then I started practicing more and I started getting better. And I was only good at my French horn. The school's French horn wasn't working for me. So mm, okay. I played it with my French horn. And then on Saturday, I went to Hagerty High School. Yeah, the big day came. Okay, he's at this high school, about to audition. He's got his mom and his dad nervous, you know biting their fingernails, and he's chilling. You know, he's all dressed up, ready to go. Then he looks up at us and goes, I don't want you guys in the room with me. You freak me out. I mean, it is true. I feel like I have to do the best when you're around because you just stare at me like, Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for pushing you to be the best you can be. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, you sleep with a serious face, okay? So I don't want to hear you saying that you don't stare with a serious face. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't sleep with a smile. In those auditions, isn't it just the judge and the person playing? I didn't think that parents could come into them. In the audition room, it's like a little oh. classroom. It's the judge and accompanist, like in this case, uh, a pianist, uh, to accompany the piece, uh, the boy. Uh, and then the parents can sit. There's chairs, okay? The the kid that went before him, the the, the mother went in. Loma nice, sit down. Oh my God, you know, sharing the experience with their child. And we had to stay outside, you know, like it was a jail. We had to limit ourselves to looking at this whole thing through the little window on the door. Yeah. So I played the piece wonderfully. The pianist was very supportive. And the judge said I did well. And she just complimented me a lot. Only thing I have to work on is my breathing. That's all she said. And then I was sent out of the room and we had to wait for 30 minutes listen it didn't matter okay we were on the other side of the door we heard the whole thing it's a french horn okay so i heard it and i saw it i wasn't in the room but i was i was close enough and he did amazing you know because at the end i told him listen nobody you know can even play one note on that french horn nobody you know even knows what a french horn is okay so you're already winning and then yeah he got his results and he got a i got a superior rating Win! Uh, he got a, got a medal and a and a ribbon that he puts on his band uniform going forward. I mean, the only thing that is upsetting about that is I looked at the medal and I couldn't find a single French horn on that. And I was like, I have to lead the revolution. Yeah, it's kind of one of those medals like that like has a typical musical kind of instrument. So it'll have like a drum, you know what I mean? Like a trumpet. He wanted the French horn symbol on it. But that's how unique that, that instrument is. A uh, question for myself and probably others. Why hold on, hold on. How are you going to ask yourself a question? What, what, we're interviewing the boy and you're going to ask yourself a question. What? This, who asks themselves a question? In that's, case, like, that's like somebody going into the clinic to see Emily and going, I have a question for myself, doctor. I don't know if you want to answer it, um, but is it normal when I cough up phlegm? No, it sounds more like the people that come in and said, I Googled this or I've WebMD'd this and I just want you to like confirm it for me. Like they think they know it all because they've Googled it already. Well, I haven't Googled it yet, but the question is what? 
what is a French horn. You see that, Bubs? That's why you are already a winner in Jose's mind because he has no idea what you're talking about. I mean, the French horn is just basically a really twisted up big horn and it has three valves and it's been labeled a lot as the hardest instrument to play. There you go, Jose. And apparently for you, the hardest instrument to discover. Yeah, definitely. I still want to know why it's French. I would like to know why it's the hardest instrument to play. Do you know why? Can we stop with all the questions about why it's French and why it's the hardest? How about we just like congratulate this kid for getting a superior rating on an instrument that none of us knew anything about? How about that? How about we just say congratulations before we start turning this into a press conference? You're right. Congratulations, because I didn't congratulate you on the air. I did off the air, but congratulations. Great job, Alexi. I also congratulated you off the air, but congratulations again. But I still want to know why it's so hard to play. Well, I mean, number one, you have to buzz with your lips and that's kind of hard for almost a lot of people second you have to do it through the french horn know the fingerings it might seem like oh three valves oh the clarinet has 40 it's not the valves that make it the hardest it's the effect you have on the french horn you can be playing a note and then all of a sudden your lip can go down a little bit and then you'll be playing a lower note i've never been more proud of this kid than just now I've never loved this kid more than just now, the way he's talking like that, right? It's so impressive because he didn't get that from me. This is the kind of instrument that you you hold with one hand to play the valves or whatever, and the other hand, you stick it into the opening of the horn. The that, bell. See what I mean? See how much he knows? You see how much I love you? Uh, and, and so it's an odd instrument, you know what I mean? And obviously what's most impressive and why we encourage uh, the arts and music is because he can read music. He can look at a piece of paper with scribbles on it because to us there's scribbles, right? Thin scribbles, thick scribbles, little curvy lines and little dots. And he knows what that means. To me, that's just like uh, poor penmanship. And to him, it's music. Saturday's show was amazing. Um, Sunday's show was also great. Sunday was particularly uh, special because Sandra was at the show. Sandra had never seen the show. And if you know about the show, you know that a big part of it is about her. Uh, how we met, how we got married, and ultimately uh, why we got a divorce. Um, so it was nice to have her there. She was there with her sister, her sister uh, with her husband. Uh, and Sandra's uh, mother was also there. Did she say if they enjoyed it? Yeah, Sandra Sandra liked the show. Uh, she enjoyed the show. We talked afterwards. Um, she liked it. Her sister and her husband uh, loved it as well. Um, they were very happy. Uh, I never heard anything from uh, Sandra's mom, though. She <laughs> never heard anything. I assume she liked it because I saw her smiling and laughing, but uh, she never came up to me and said, great show. But I, I imagine she liked it. Uh, let's put it this way. I hope she liked it. Dad, tell them about the cupcakes. Okay, so Bibi Moreno uh, is a friend of mine on Facebook, and she has a company called Diva Desires. And she said, listen, I'm going to the show on Sunday. Uh, I also bake, right? I'm starting this company. Um, do you mind if I bring you something? So I said, yes, actually bring me something, and I can raffle it away and give it to, to a couple of winners in the audience. I expected just a couple of treats, right, to help promote her company. She brought bags of stuff. She brought like boxes of treats. There were cupcakes, chocolate covered Oreos, marshmallow with chocolate and crispy treats, right? All kinds of stuff. It was overwhelming. It was amazing. So it was so much stuff that we actually 
put it out on the table in the lobby so people could like grab food. There was so much of it that I even shared it with the theater staff. They were so grateful to me because, you know, they're there all day. So they were hungry. Yeah. the Specifically, the chocolate covered Oreo was delicious. It was so good. The best chocolate covered Oreo I've ever eaten in my life. As a matter of fact, if you eat that, you won't want to eat a regular Oreo after that. I'm hearing all this greatness, but the question is, did you save me some? No. That's it. That's a simple answer. No, uh, because let me tell you something. I was happy to share this with the audience and we gave a lot of stuff out. Right. But as we were like putting the stuff out and, and putting some stuff away to raffle off at, at the end of the show, I ate a chocolate covered Oreo. Right. I was like, you know, let me eat one, you know, just. A, and it was so amazing. Suddenly I didn't feel so generous. You know what I mean? <laughs> then I was like, okay, listen, let's not give it all away. You know, let's let's keep some for later. So that's why you only brought me the chocolate covered marshmallows to the clinic and you didn't bring me any chocolate covered Oreos. That is correct. Because after the show, I went to visit her at the clinic because she was working a 12-hour shift on Sunday. And I was like, let me, you know, let me bring you some treats. And I brought her what I wouldn't have eaten, which is the marshmallow, uh, right? The marshmallow something, because I don't really like marshmallow. And I gave her like a cupcake. But I was not going to share the chocolate-covered Oreos. You know what I mean? That was not going to get shared. So no, Jose, you didn't go to the show on Sunday. You're not going to get any treats, okay? (laughs) But they were amazing. Listen, if anybody's interested in how amazing these treats were, especially the chocolate-covered Oreos, which were ridiculous. I don't know how she makes them. It must be, she must be like ordained, you know, by God. Okay. Uh, her number is 321-948-8784. Diva Desires. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram and it's Bibi Moreno. We were also uh, gifted with some panetelas. Now panetelas is actually uh, a Cuban treat, right? And Jose, you should know all about that. Of course I know about that. Now the question is again, did you bring me one? The answer once again is no, uh, because they came to the Sunday show and you again were not at the Sunday show. Because you told me you were full not to come. That is correct. So, yes, (laughs) I don't understand where we're going with this, but uh, these are really easy questions. I wish I had some of these questions at the Q&A on Friday. Jose is like, I could have just stood in the back and not bothered anyone. You could have taken my space in the booth because nobody was sitting there. Right. And I could have had a panetela. Panetelas by Stella. Stella was really, really uh, generous. And uh, she brought uh, two cakes, uh, panetelas de guayaba. And um, she actually ships uh, these, and she shipped one to one of my fans in New York. Uh, She can be reached at 407-701-4212. And on Facebook, you can find her under Stella Lella. Let me tell you something. I've tasted these panatellas. It's like... um, it's like pastelillo de guayaba, but like different. It's just like almost like a cake instead of a pastelillo. And they're amazing. And it's like really fresh. You cannot just eat a piece. Let's put it that way. You can't just take a little piece and go, oh, that's good. I'm good. You're going to eat two or three more. The easiest way to describe them is a fresh baked Sara Lee. Yeah, with like sugar and like guava in the middle. Yes. So you would you would say it's amazing. Uh, yeah. I haven't even tasted it, and I'm already giving you the go-ahead to Go ahead and order. So listen, if you're looking to lose weight, don't worry about it, okay? Now, as a matter of fact, if you're looking to lose weight and you need like a, a cheat day, uh, contact Diva Desires, please, for amazing cupcakes or chocolate-covered Oreos, aside from other things that she does, okay? Or if you want a panetela, contact Panetelas by Stella, okay? If you're looking to gain weight, I just hooked you up. 
Okay, so I wasn't able to go to the Sunday show. And there's always something big that happens and something that, you know, it's like, oh, were you there? So what was the big moment on Sunday that I missed? Well, the big moment you missed was me embarrassing dad in front of a hundred and something people. I got the biggest laugh. It was like bouncing all over the room. Okay, so here's what happened. This lady asks, what was it like writing this show about Sandra and the troubles that you had in your marriage, specifically the infidelity? Uh, Because I talk about that in the show and we laugh about it. And she wanted to know kind of like, what did Sandra say? What was Sandra thinking? What did Sandra tell you? Well, Sandra's sitting in the front row. So I said, well, you know, why don't you ask her? So I said, ladies and gentlemen, Sandra Rivera. Sandra gets up. Now she's on stage with me. Okay. The boy's been on stage because he, after every show, he's on stage with me and he helps me with a raffle. So the crowd is waiting for Sandra's response. So I say, all right, Sandra, uh, what did you think? Alexi steps up and he goes, how do you feel that dad cheated? Just like that. The crowd lost it. It was so loud in there, bro. I couldn't talk for at least a minute. That's how loud it was. So during the commotion and the laughter, I grabbed him and I sat him at the edge of the stage, like in timeout. You know what I mean? Like, I need you to sit here. Okay. You could not speak. That's how loud the place was. By then, of course, he had stolen the show. So Sandra said, you know, yes, we had talked about it. And yes, we had discussed it. And it's all good. And, and you know, Sandra's a complete good sport. So she was like, yeah, it's all good. Meanwhile, I am eating chocolate-covered Oreos on stage, okay? That's called, you know, nervous eating. I'm like eating cookies just to stay busy, okay? Just to avoid the, the awkwardness. I got, I got my son on timeout, and I got my ex-wife uh, talking about our relationship. And I'm just thanking God that I still had chocolate-covered Oreos on stage with me. You know, Alexi, this weekend, opened the show with Emily. Uh, Friday's show and Saturday's show it was Emmeline and him that got up on stage and welcomed everybody. And they uh, did a great job. Yes, they did. Yeah. And then on Saturday, uh, Saturday night, he played the French horn. He played the piece he had played in his audition. He played it for the crowd. How crazy was that? Wow. So he wouldn't let you and Sandra in, but then he played it for 140 strangers? Yeah. So wait a minute. So what's going on? How come I couldn't hear you play? In a, in a classroom, but you played for 140 people? Well, I mean, at least I got, like, a lot of people that I didn't know. You guys just staring at me in one room. It freaks me out. Hold on. You had 140 people staring at you in one room. That didn't freak you out? You really have no defense for this one, Alexi. You just, just, <laughs> just say that. Um, I probably should have let you guys in. I really don't have any defense. So Anyway, but he was great. And then on Sunday, Emmeline had to work. So he opened the show by himself and played by himself. And I told him, listen, this is a big deal. Okay. You're 12 years old and you're getting up in front of a crowd and speaking and playing an instrument. And he didn't really understand that. I said, listen, public speaking is like the number one fear, followed by probably heights and spiders. You understand what I'm saying? Like you're up there and at age 12, you've already mastered public speaking. That's a big advantage. He had never heard of that. So he goes, dad, why don't we like, why don't we put a poll out? So we got on Facebook and we asked people, what's your biggest fear? And I put one public speaking, two heights, three spiders. And we got over a hundred responses. And what did the responses say? Basically, that public speaking was the number one fear. Comments after comments, public speaking, followed by heights, followed by spiders. 
And bugs, by the way. If you say spiders, you got you got to put bugs. Yeah, but you also have to mention death. Yes, that was the next thing. A lot of people mentioned dying or the death of loved ones. But we did see some unique ones. You want to tell them about that, Dad? Yes, flying cucarachas. Now, flying roaches are uh, not just terrifying. They're disgusting, okay? If you ever try to kill a roach and it flies away from you, um, you'll always remember that moment. You know, one summer visiting my sister in the Dominican Republic, uh, I stayed up late watching a movie and out of the corner of my eye, I see this big cockroach in the corner of like almost the ceiling. I'm not scared of them. So I grab a little newspaper, roll it up and I go to kill it. But as soon as I swung back, it turned around, looked at me and flew at me. And then all hell broke loose. I started throwing things and running, woke everybody up. I thought you were going to say, I-, I swung and I hit myself in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I wanted to knock myself out. Pretty much. This other lady wrote, getting electrocuted. Well, yeah, I'd be afraid of that, getting electric. I don't want to die. Hold on, but I'm saying that's going to be your biggest fear. Your number one, getting electrocuted. I mean, you might as well go live in El Campo where there's no electricity because there's electricity all around you. So she doesn't switch the lights on and off, then I take it. By candlelight, me imagino, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's like when you have a fear of like drowning because I have a a fear of drowning, but it's not like my number one fear, so... That's why I kind of stay away from water so that I don't drown. And then we got an interesting one. We got one that said trypophobia. Yeah, uh, me and dad didn't know what that was. So do you mind telling us, Emmeline? Yeah, let's go to La Doctora for a definition of trypophobia. First of all, it's trypophobia. And it is an aversion or a fear of a pattern or, or cluster of small holes or bumps. So think of like a beehive. Like a pattern of just a bunch of small bumps together or um, like fruit. You know how some fruit, when you open it, there's like the seeds or or what's on the inside will form like a pattern of like holes. Um, Or they also describe it as like um, holes made by insects, um, like in diseased tissue. Like if there's a wound in a dog or mango worms, leave this ugly looking pattern. And some people are deadly afraid of that. So just that pattern, like if you're walking by the side of the street and you see a giant mural of that pattern you're gonna freak out yeah some people freak out when they see this pattern it gives them like this fear like this they they just respond negatively to it i mean i had never thought that you could be afraid of a pattern but i've been proved wrong well when you look at certain pictures of this pattern that's when you're like oh yeah that is kind of gross because certain pictures they don't it doesn't look bad but when you if it's like a wound or something gaping or oozing then it's like oh yeah i don't want to see that okay so here's what i've learned I've learned that I am deathly afraid of people who have trypophobia, okay? People who have that fear uh, scare me because I don't understand it and it freaks me out. My nurse at work has that fear. Like, she's deadly afraid of that. Didn't you say gaping wounds? So if she's a nurse, how does she have trypophobia? Well, not necessarily gaping wounds, but it could be like certain types of wounds. Not all wounds look like this. Sometimes burns can look like this. Um, or like wounds in animals more gives you that pattern. But not all wounds look like that, so she's good. She does want to go into wound care, though. She'd be a great wound care nurse. As long as they don't have a pattern, I guess, right? Because if they have a pattern, she's going to be like, I wish I could help you, but the pattern, the pattern, I don't like the, I don't like the. So, Dad, tell them about the dark water phobia. Okay, so somebody said that their number one fear is dark water. That's it. Did they specify like dark water as in deep sea or dark water as in 
the toilet's brown or dark water as in it's a river that's dirty. Right. All those three, by the way, are scary. Okay. <laughs> that's fair to say. But I think what they meant was like deep ocean, dark water, or like, for example, the ocean at night. You know what I mean? Like dark water. So swimming where you can't see your feet. Yeah. Like dark water, like swimming at night. Like, so have you ever gone swimming in the ocean at night? Love it. Okay, well, this person would probably not want to go with you. You got to remember, I scuba dive, so I love anything in the water. Okay, like, I don't so, mind seeing the animals in the water. That's we're, we're in their domain, so to me, it's cool. Yeah. Wait, how are you going to scuba dive at night with dark water? What are you seeing? What can you possibly see? You dive with lights, so you're seeing animals that actually come out at night only, which is even prettier because they don't aren't out during the day. Yeah, you're seeing animals that are about to kill you. You understand? If you're scuba diving at night, the animals that are coming out are coming out to kill you. There's very few animals in the ocean that are going to kill Jose, so I'm pretty good. You say that until we see your picture on the news, okay? (laughs) Found dead on the the shores of some beach, and I'm going to yell at the TV and go, he said that there were no animals that were going to kill him, and it's just your body with a blanket over it. And this is coming from the two that dove with great whites? There was a huge iron cage between us and the great whites. Because that's going to stop them if they're hungry. It actually did because one of the sharks bit down on the cage. Because that's when I said, we got to (laughs) go. To touch up on that scuba diving at night. I mean, could you imagine just like swimming and like you couldn't see anything. You can't see the ocean floor. And all of a sudden you just see like a shark just come up in your light all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. You know what Jose would say? Oh, he's not going to eat me. I'm safe. He's harmless. Right. Cut to breaking news. And that was it podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. I'm Alexi Castro. I'm Jose Rodriguez. And I'm Emeline Ramos. For more information on my shows, mi gente, you can go to ellicastro.com, including the off-Broadway premiere of my one-man show, Made in Puerto Rico, playing all of March at the Puerto Rican Traveling Theater. You can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. Remember, mi gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. Palante. Bye. Adios, amigos.